I, I have a really good memory. I can remember all the way back when I was about two years old. And um, tons of things happened between there and seven, which is when I got adopted. I was under the impression that there was one person who I was supposed to be waiting for. And then when they said they were going to come, they were going to come. And to me, that was my mom. Living in the past was my, where I got a lot of my fuel from in the Marine Corps, where I got my rage. Which, or looking into the future rather than the past is what allowed me to find a different source of fuel rather than my rage. Like I told myself, I was like, look, I'm not gonna be in the position to not repay people's kindness. And I'm not gonna be in the position to where I can't do the same thing for others. And I think that was the first moment where I was like, I'm gonna do everything I can to help others not be in the position I am in right now. Welcome to Be Raw Talk. I'm your host, Sherry Zarnigan, and founder of Be Raw, where our mission is to inspire others through their individual stories of survivorship and perseverance. Today in our West Hollywood studios, we have Scott Ford. Hi. Hi. So Scott, you are an actor yes, and a member of the Marine Corps. Uh, yes, ma'am. Amazing. Yeah. So we wanted you to come here today because we at B-Raw have a philosophy that throughout life, we're all faced with either a particular challenge or a series of challenges that really strip us to the core and make us raw. They make us open wounds. But we at B-Raw believe that you can turn that and make you raw as in resilient, authentic about who you are and willing to move along your journey. So we're trying to change that conversation of what it means to be broken to really what broke you, giving you strength and making you resilient. Just the one thing that broke me? Well, you can give me, you can give me more than I was one. Like, the one? All right, well, you I'm can give me one or two or however many, yeah. but what, if you, when you think to your, you know, when you reflect on your life, um, what was one or series or however you want to put it, things that really stripped you to the core and gave you that sense of strength? Well, it depends. How young do you think you could be to get stripped to the core and still know you got stripped to the core? That's a good question. Because I, I have a really good memory. I can remember all the way back to when I was about two years old. And um, tons of things happened between there and seven, which is when I got adopted. Um, and I was in foster care from three to seven. And uh, I can remember the events that led up to me getting taken uh, by DHS. And then I can remember uh, birthdays in weird places. I can remember every different foster family I had. I can remember how every foster family interacted with me. Uh, but I think the none of them really affected me because that was my whole life. Right. So to me, it was the norm. To me, it was totally fine. To me, I was under the impression that there was one person who I was supposed to be waiting for. And then when they said they were going to come, they were going to come. And to me, that was my mom, uh, this lady named Karen. I, weird, I haven't called her mom in years. Normally, I, to my friends, I refer to her as the egg donor. <laughs> um, no, I was having my seventh birthday party with this foster family I was with, the Hendersons. And uh, they'd given me a letter from my mom who was on parole and she was supposed to come to the birthday party. And 
this is the first foster family I've been with that had a pool and like it was a really stable Mayas foster family and I had friends and we were in second grade and I remember like inviting everybody over and I still remember everyone's name like my three best friends are Grace, Dylan, and Hunter and uh, I remember like they'd come over and they'd give me a presence and they were all at the pool but I was like yeah yeah like it's cool like I'll join you guys but I have to wait on my mom uh, and I, I remember like literally sitting outside from sun up to sundown and refusing to come inside uh, and she never showed up uh, and it turns out that she had she was on parole in Arkansas but she had crossed the border in Texarkana uh, to go pick up meth and she got caught uh, so she had to go back to jail and I didn't get to see her and I didn't know until like a week later and I thought it was because I distinctly remember thinking that it was because of something I had done uh, and I think that was the this the first time in my mind I remember feeling like guilt but also confusion because I didn't know why I felt guilty. Well yeah when never I first happens. met you and when I talked to you I would never and this is you know this is the beauty about sharing stories yeah. is I could never in a million years tell that you had that childhood that you had which you know as you described there were nights you didn't know if you were going to be fed yeah. now you it was rough so you go from that to deciding to go into the Marine Corps. Well, that was more because <laughs> I was a, a huge nerd in high school and I wanted to prove to all of the just the jock dickheads that, uh, you know, I was as good or better than they were. So where did you break? Like, where was it you would say that all those years of your difficult childhood, yeah. you go through the Marine Corps, what what would you say at that point was it that broke you that made you kind of want to reinvent yourself or um, that so that, I went to, that I like went, your raw point then I went to a Catholic high school with kids who I'm sure some of them had family problems but for the most part from what I knew uh, most of the kids came from families that had money and I, there was this period in uh, my senior year because I rode the city bus back and forth to school I, and school is about eight miles away. Uh, and in December, I lost my city pass and they were $30 a month. And uh, I don't know if my parents were lying to me, if they were trying to teach me a lesson. I don't know what they were doing, but they told me they couldn't get me another one. And I'd lost it in like the beginning of the month. And it was December. Yeah. And so I had to walk to school back and forth. Uh, and I was working at school to pay off my tuition too. So I had to show up to school like before they did mass. And then I'd stay at school like an hour and a half afterwards and like help clean and I'd do custodial things and do stuff like that because it was a private school. So they had tuition and whatnot. Um, and I won a scholarship that first year so we didn't have to pay. And then the rest of the years, like I work at school to pay off my tuition. Um, but I would get up at like 4 a.m. and like walk all the way to school in the like snow and work, get out of school at like, 2.30 and then I'd be on the bus by like 5.30 um, normally but because I had to walk home I wouldn't get home till like 8 and then I'd eat like a cold dinner and do my homework till 10 and then like I'd wake up at 4 and do it all over again um, like I had two friends Michael and Josh Neal who found out about it and they would wake up And it, like, I'm gonna tell them to watch this too because I don't think they know. But like, they would wake up, and uh, them and this guy Michael Whitaker and this guy Garrett Quinn, 
uh, they would all they would take turns like they would meet me at this bank down the street like really early in the morning they'd come pick me up uh, in their cars and uh, they'd bring me like breakfast and stuff and uh, like it always played off cool but I was always like I'd go to like the bathroom and like cry because uh, I didn't have any way to repay them and I didn't I had have a way to like tell them uh, how thankful I was. Um, but it was at that moment where I, like, I told myself, I was like, look, I'm not going to be in the position to not repay people's kindness. And I'm not going to be in the position to where I can't do the same thing for others. And I think that was the first moment where I was like, I'm going to do everything I can to help others not be in the position I am in right now. And it was the first big moment. But I think the biggest part of, you know, yes, you're very resilient, obviously, because you've gone through a lot and you're obviously incredibly authentic. When I met you, that was like the one thing that really struck was you're such a real person. But I think the fact that you're so willing to move ahead is one of your biggest kind of attributes because you it's, haven't. That's <laughs> like I'm almost 27 toughest. and that's the toughest one that I've achieved recently is the willingness to move ahead and not look into the past because living in the past was my where i got a lot of my fuel from in the marine corps where i got my rage we have to realize that we're or what i've realized is that like we're all animals and what separates us is by choosing not to be from the animals like we're all animals right we all eat we all do everything an animal does. The only thing that separates us is that sometimes we choose not to. Right. It's a choice. And that's it. It's a choice. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, the whole premise of be raw is a choice. Yeah. You, you either choose to have that adversity make you stronger and pull you through, or you choose to get into it. But, yeah. but that's kind of where you're left at. Yeah. Well, we are so proud of you. I can speak for myself. And Thank it's you. be raw. So proud of you. And you're officially a member of the B. Raw family. And so we'd like to give you this hat <laughs> as a member of the B. Raw family. And thank you so much for coming and sharing your story. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.